All right, and we're live. How is it going, Rebecca and Brian? How are we doing? Doing awesome. How are you, Austin? Doing good, doing good. Thank you so much for jumping on episode 11 of Real Estate Homies. I'm very, very excited to have you. One, you've been clients of Dippity for, I feel like, going on two years now. So we've been able to build up some good rapport. We've gotten some results. And so now we, we just built this great relationship with each other. You know, I got to run into the office, actually, um, Shoot, I feel like it was a month and a half ago, and you weren't there, Rebecca. Brian was actually there. Yeah, and I was here. I was I, working. I was, I was busy out there, you know, hustling. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Brian says he's working, right? Exactly. Right. But right. So out there hustling. <laughs> Him and Tyler walk in, and they're like, "All right, let's go Texas to Brazil." I'm like, "It's five thirty in the afternoon. I'm just, I'm just getting out." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was awesome, but. No, we were at a little Tom Ferry conference right down the road, and, and we we're like, dude, there's their office right there. We got to walk in. So so it was awesome to see you there, Brian. But no, I'm, I'm pumped to talk today because uh, you guys have specialized in one real estate, right? And your story is really cool of how Bella Trey Realty started. And um, now you're, you're exploring a new venture in short-term rentals, vacation rentals that I want to talk on today as well. Uh, and just kind of get your perspective on the real estate market as a whole, because everything's kind of getting, we already thought it was crazy and it's getting even crazier now. So I'm interested in seeing where your thoughts are at with it. Um, but if, if you don't mind, I'm going to jump in by just asking you a little bit about the background of Bellatrey Realty and how you guys started the company, because I think it's pretty fascinating route that other people may even go through themselves. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I've been licensed in real estate since 2007, 2008, which was a stellar time to get into real estate. Um, but we survived and we made it through. I've always sold short-term rentals primarily. We're based in the Champions Gate area, which is right in the heart of all those short-term rental Disney properties. Um, we do residential too. Then uh, just over two years ago, I decided it was time to branch out on my own um, or together, but separate from you know, other companies. And we became an independent brokerage uh, with Bellatrey Realty. Um, we, it's a sort of a hybrid model in that we have a property management aspect for the residential management as well, which is a massive portfolio that we manage and care for. And a lot of our real estate turns within that. Um, so we've had that just over two years now, I think it is. And we've grown. Feels like a lifetime. <laughs> it's great yeah. fun. We love it. We've grown. I think we have 14 agents now. Um, you know, we're still strong in the short term rental market and residential uh, market, primarily investors. Um, but we definitely saw a avenue to explore in more specialized in the STR market. And that was when we decided we'd um, jump on this second company, which, you know, is Brian's specialty for sure, um, bringing in the short term rental background of managing it and being able to help people understand how to purchase short term rentals, why, where, you know, the process It's not the same as residential. And I think that, you know, that's an issue when you're working with agents is if they don't have that short-term knowledge they can inadvertently perhaps uh misguide you on it and that happens yeah, a no, lot that's what i was going to say i imagine that can happen quite a bit especially with like airbnb and vrbo getting very very popular uh and people seeing a lot of results from it there's probably more people that investors that are interested in like okay well do i want to take the long-term route do i want to go the short-term route what are things I should be looking for? And they may reach out to their their typical real estate agent that they're working with and they have zero specialization in it. So they don't really know like, how do you project the numbers? How do you you know, navigate the, the legalities? There's some markets that, you know, have like different regulations and different things that pr could prevent you or 
or hinder your, your cash flow or things you could generate. So how do you navigate those waters in terms of educating the, the investor that's interested in a short-term rental? Well, I think that that's, we're actually a very unique agency in that we can guide our investors to look at real estate from a long-term perspective and also do comparables for short-term. Um, the way we mostly, the way we really do it on the short-term rental side is we have a lot of access to data. So we use our revenue management teams. We look at, you know, comp, comps. So we'll take a unit, we'll take a look at how much the unit's worth, and then we'll say, okay, based on the home that you're looking for, here's the market data that we can acquire. And a lot of it has to do with how many units in this market are, for example, a four-bedroom, five-bedroom house. So what's your competition look like? And then take a look at the subdivision itself and say, well, in that particular subdivision, how many units exist? How much data do we have on the rentals and how well are they performing? So how many nights are they booked? And then what does the nightly rate look like? And then we take all of that data, we wrap it up, we send it to the investor and we say, okay, this is what the potential earnings of that unit looks like. And potentially this is what your ROI looks like. It's, it's an interesting market right now, especially in the Orlando market where international travel is just starting to come back. So if you, if you looked at data like two years ago or three years ago, pre COVID, um, we, it was very easy to do some predictions. Uh, we were full 80 85% of the time, uh, for the most part. Uh, now it's uh, our, our what we call our booking window has shifted a lot. So people used to book really far in advance. So you'd see bookings you know, 12 to 18 months in advance. Now we're seeing most reservations happening within 30 days. So when mm. people ask us for data, it's, uh, it's interesting. It's an exercise that we have to add a caveat to you know, this is what we think it can generate based on some previous market data, but it's, it's shifting so much at the moment. Yeah, everything is. Sorry. No, no, go right ahead, Rebecca. What are you shift in who's buying as well. Like our investor for short-term rentals used to, I would say 75% plus would be foreign investors. It would be your Europeans, your Brits, your Brazilians, Chinese was huge, um, South Americans. Um, we're still seeing a huge amount of South Americans. We're definitely not seeing the European market we used to see, um, but we're seeing a huge interest in Americans purchasing here from out of state. And that's definitely something we've seen change over the last, uh, I would say, four or five years, uh, specifically even post-pandemic, if we're post, I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're seeing a huge influx of like the West Coast, you know, they're cashing out of their primary residence or, you know, taking equity out of their primary and investing in a market that is still, although we, you know, I think our zip code has gone up 29% in the last year. Um, we're still seeing that as a fairly reasonably priced home for a second home purchase with good returns. So we're seeing a lot of fellow American investors as well. Yeah. And the type of buyer that's coming in is a much savvier buyer. Um, I think previously what we've seen is, people trying to understand what the market looks like. And because of technology, and, and it's a huge factor that we discuss all the time, because of technology, the type of investor that's buying now is much more aware. They're, they're aware of the actual product, which was non-existent before. So vacation rentals, although it's one of the oldest um, type of lodging you know, that exists, people didn't understand it. They didn't have data insight into what could happen. Now everybody's pretty much used an Airbnb. They have an understanding of it. So they have the ability to log into like an Airbnb and say, okay, I know what this looks like. I, they have some interesting technology built into things like Airbnb where you can start to gather some information. 
but it's putting a lot of pressure on us on giving them more better information, uh, better numbers. Yeah. Oh, for the investor themselves, because they could go on to like a like an Air DNA or 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 something along the lines of that to go see the information. Um, which is, I think, you know, compare it to Zillow. That's no different either, right? Like at the end of the day, people could go to Zillow to get the information uh, about the home, but at the end of the day, the level of service, trust, expertise still r- lies in the hands of the agent itself. Um, so. I think that you're going to start seeing that as well, probably in the vacation um, rental market, uh, especially with things like Vacasa, right? Like, I don't even know if I said that right. Vacasa, Vacasa, right. something like that. Like, they, they're very large. They would be the Zillow of short-term rentals, I would say. Um, so, I mean, you're going to probably start seeing things like that where there's these market leaders in, in the industry as well. Um, I, I'm curious, because you guys do work with a lot of investors, are a lot of them cash buyers or with the interest rates going up, are you seeing some investors kind of get hesitant or some buyers get hesitant because they're not buying it for like their own home that they're living in um, or their homestead. They're actually just purchasing it and trying to carry a mortgage and float a mortgage and cash flow it. Are those type of investors backing out right now? No, we're really not seeing any dip in demand due to the increase in interest rates. A lot of the investors are, um, when you're in the second home level or investment home, your, your rates are already higher anyway. You're not getting, you know, the primary resident rate. So they're used to having to pay the higher interest rates. And, you know, they pay, a true investor will just pay that down quicker or they're putting higher amounts down to buy their points down, whatever it might be. Um, we're not see- we are seeing cash buyers, but honestly, with the rates still, although higher, still low, in the big scheme of things, um, you know, they're still leaning towards financing if they can get the offer accepted with finance, simply because it's, you know, they're getting a bigger return by having their money in the bank still than t- borrowing someone else's money to grow their portfolio. We are seeing a huge amount of people using that cashing out though to, you know, for those down payments of their primary residences or refinancing other properties they own in the second home market for that chunk down to uh, well to buy the next property, which is a, a big pattern we see here. Yep. Yep. I agree. So is, is the big thing that's driving people, especially in your market, is it Disney? Like how much weight does Disney carry? I know champions gate, like me personally, I'm a big golfer and I love champions gate area for all the golf courses, like reunions right there. Mm-hmm. I like that area, but I know Disney's right there. And, and, and so is that like a huge driving factor I think how Disney, much weight does Disney carry? Yeah, I mean, that was really interesting during the pandemic, to be honest, because, you know, Disney closed, like stop functioning. And we saw very little effect on the rental market. And I'm sure Brian can speak more to that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, Disney is definitely a pull, but uh, and we're thankful it's on our, you know, on our doorstep for that reason. But there is so much more to Central Florida than just Disney alone, not to take away from it. But, you know, we we have the other theme parks, Universal, the water parks, we have the golf, we have the climate, you know, that's, um, that's huge. You know, yeah. when those people in the winter want to escape those harsh snow and ice storms, you know, come to Florida and have 70 degree weather in the winter in a pool in your backyard. It's Disney just one of the factors, I would say. And I think one yep. of the, the factors during COVID was that the state stayed open, right? We were one of the very few states that really shut down. I mean, we, we shut down for maybe three or four months, tried to understand what was happening. For, but for the most part, we ended up opening up. We have good weather. So people, even though they were isolated, understood that they could still use a pool. They had a backyard that they could use, barbecue, all of that kind of stuff. 
So there was a massive attraction, not just to invest as a second home for travelers, but also the influx of people that were coming in to live here. They were experiencing it as a traveler, as a vacationer, and then all of a sudden said, well, why the heck are we stuck in an apartment for a million dollars in New York City when we can own a massive, beautiful house here in Florida for the same price? Disney is a big factor here, but we've also got uh, big industries. I mean, we're a big conference uh, location. We're also one, a huge into sports. A lot of professional sports come here and train here. Uh, yes. I mean, Claremont's just about to build a billion-dollar facility for professional trainers. I think there's a huge – isn't there like a big ESPN kind of thing here in Orlando? Is it? Is it ESPN yeah. – they have a huge branch in Orlando, right? Yeah. Yeah, so we have the I spring so. training. Uh, spring training of baseball has always been in the area for various teams, but we're definitely seeing more of a um, smaller training scale as well. We see a huge amount of triathletes coming here throughout the winter up in the Claremont area, like Brian said, um, who want the Airbnbs in this area because they can cycle all day long. You know, the weather's predictable in the winter. We don't have the rainstorms. It's, um, you know, it's just good. We're seeing a huge amount of cycling, running, track, triathlete type training. Uh, cheer squads. I mean, the Omni Hotel, which is literally in our, on our back doorstep. Um, yep. You know, we've got a cheer, national cheer thing going on this weekend, a national lacrosse school thing, and I think a soccer one. So, just, just a, massive space for that kind of stuff, which you know is and the climate. Yeah, we have we have tons of stuff: festivals, concerts. We just we attract all of it. So it's becoming one of those hubs. And, and in addition to that, we're becoming one of the tech hubs as well. So, for example, Disney's moving their entire corporate office here to uh, to the Orlando area. They're going to the other side. But from a technology perspective, we're becoming one of those areas where it's, it's less expensive. Well, it used to be less expensive to live. It still is, but it's attracting really good talent. So people want to be here. Yeah, no, I see it all the way through. I mean, I live in just like... 45 minutes to an hour away from you guys in Lakeland and Lakeland is exploding. Like it's just get it's booming with a lot of people coming in. We have Amazon that has a massive deal with our airport. Um, literally every single day. I'm actually shocked. I don't see it right now at my window. Like Amazon is flying massive airplanes, bringing in products in and out. So it's, it's just crazy to see how much is booming in central Florida as a whole. And yeah. um, you know, it's, it's really interesting to see where it's going to head. Um, well, it's but, funny, but it's I, funny because a couple of years ago, you would have said Tampa and Orlando, they're so far apart. There's nothing in between us. And now you go down, you know, our, our interstate and it's basically it's all linked. There isn't a piece of land that you can see that doesn't have a house connecting Lakeland or even Tampa to the Orlando market. Um, yeah. I think it'll it'll continue to to progress as we start to see things like the train stations, the trains get implemented. Um, so some of that stuff is going to help us a lot too. Yeah. Like my, my, my aunt, she takes the train, she lives in winter park. So it's over near your area. Uh, she takes the train to Lakeland every time she comes here, she's getting older and she don't want to sit in I four traffic, which I don't blame her at all, but yeah, she'll just take it right over. And I'm like, this is, this is crazy. She's taking the train to Lakeland and it's, it's actually cheaper. I think than driving her car with the toll roads, the gas and everything like that. It makes me think like, man, I wish they would have put that bullet train in that like back in the day. I think people were voting. I was on like the ballad uh, to put a bullet train from Tampa to Orlando. And I'm like, can only imagine what it would be like right now if we could get over to you guys in like 15 minutes. <laughs> like, I don't even still talk of that. I think that the the main goal and it's still, you know, a long way out, I think. But in the linking Orlando and Miami, I think is the 
is the aim with a fast speed, high speed train. Oh, wow. So it would go all the way from Orlando down to Miami. That would yeah. be yeah. incredible. That is being done by Richard Branson. Yeah, I heard that Virgin were involved in it. It's, oh. it's still a lot to be figured out, I believe. I don't think it's approved, but there's definitely talk of it, which is pretty exciting. Because in the yeah, UK, oh, yeah. run all the trains. So, yeah, these guys are crazy. Richard Branson, Elon Musk buying Twitter, like literally know, bought yeah. Twitter. Yeah, what's your what's your thoughts on that? It's going to change things for sure. I don't know. He's yeah. You can't predict Elon Musk. I think he's got a mind of it. <laughs> I think I think the worst thing you can do is try and guess what he's going to do. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But no, I just watched that. Exactly. Exactly. I just watched that documentary, Return to Space. I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix, but it's incredible. Like he he literally I didn't know everything that SpaceX has really done, but he's like able to make a rocket that goes up and it comes back down and lands. And it's it's just insane. But it makes me actually we'll take this shift to shit social marketing, right? Or social media marketing. So what are you guys doing when it comes to the short term side of things and how you're able to market that? Like I know you're building something, Brian, and and I'm interested in like picking your brain on that. Does how does this all tie in? Because I know you're building like a platform, and I kind of want you to talk through that with me so I can have a better understanding of it. Right. So we we decided to go back into the short term rental business partially because of the services that were being provided by the local market with a hyper focus on guest experience, uh, implementing things like technology. You know. Different, different types of technology and then content built into the house. Each house basically has a story. We treat it like individual hotels, not just an Airbnb. So with that being said, one of the big exercises that we have is starting to implement things like storytelling. And storytelling now comes through social media communications. So building out a strategy that involves email communications, um, text messaging, and then the follow through with social media, asking guests to be able to share their experiences or their stories at the homes, and then also asking the, the homeowners to actually produce the same kind of content and um, continue to produce that kind of stuff throughout the year because it, it just, it's consistent, it's constant. We always have different things happening. One of the things that's very difficult to do in the short-term rental space is keep up with all of that information. Um, the houses change, the seasons change, so what we're trying to figure out is how do you storytell over seasons, over periods of time, and stay relevant? And that for us is really the big challenge with the homes. So part of it is we have to have homeowners that are willing to give us information that we ask for, be patient with us to help us um, build out the platform that we're looking to build out. And then the same thing on the back end is looking for the technology and partners that can help us achieve that and, you know, We've reached out to Dippity to see if you guys can help us do some of the social stuff. But yeah, it, it comes through blogs. It comes through working with um, different partners like Disney Universal. Um, it also, some of the counties um, have the business bureaus here. Um, so we work with some of those guys to start put t- putting together some of the content that we need to produce. So what is this going to look like? Look like? like what would this experience be? Who would be the customer here for this? the end result is the guest. So your Airbnb or your VRBO traveler. So there's a, there's, there's a thought process, which is it's very difficult to compete against Airbnb and VRBO. They have the biggest market share. And, and that, my idea is not to compete against them, but to work with them. 
we receive the guests, we want them to have a really good experience. And through that experience, we want them to become return guests. So that's, and that becomes the exercise for every property manager. The way that works is that you get them to book directly. And although it's expensive to book, book through Airbnb, which we treat as a marketing channel, the success comes when that guest has such a great experience that they come to you. Now your margins go up because they're coming directly to you to book the house. And that's really what we're looking to do. Attract a guest, get them into the house, retarget them and get them to book again. We've only been open since May last year. We've had a few guests already return. I've actually got one guest that's returned three times. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Um, you know, but it takes a lot of work, a lot of attention to detail, a lot of training with, with our staff. Um, and it's, I mean, it's interesting. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it takes time to build something, right? So it's it, it's really cool where you're heading with it. I think it's going to be extremely valuable. Yeah. Um, so so what what's the current landscape for for Bellatre Realty right now? What's on the the agenda to to try to do the goals? Like, where are you guys trying to head right now? Um, well, we're we're trying to hit at least 200, 250 transactions this year is our goal. Um, we want to make sure that we serve that many people and get them the dream that they're wanting, which is primarily an investment property of some sort. Not that we don't service residential. That's not our specialty, but we certainly can. Um, and by doing that, you know, we want to then be able to pass them off to Olivo Homes or another reputable company that we work alongside to be able to maximize their return on their investment. You know, basically, we don't want to just say, hey, we've sold you the home. Thanks so much. Thanks for the commission check. We're out. When that's not our mission or our values, we want to be able to see it through. We want you to be able to come back to us because you're so happy with what you've purchased. You want to buy another one, a second, a third, a fourth, whatever it might be. I mean, we have some people who are up to probably 15 plus properties now. Um, so to be able to, you know, reservice that and make it a profitable venture and an enjoyable venture for them as hassle free as possible, as stress free as possible. Um, that that's our mission really is, is what we want to bring and obviously bring the agents along for the ride and grow them as people as well. I think that's yeah. the key right? is making your customers repeat customers, happy customers. Mm -hmm. So if we have an ecosystem that works all together, then that customer is going to be a forever customer for us. I um, love that. No. And I think it's cool because you guys, what percentage of your client base are investors? Is it quite a bit? Uh, 75 plus, I would say. Oh yeah. See, so that's, that's great in your model that you're able to attract investors, um, in various ways that you do. You have so many services that you can help them with, right? You can help them sell their home, buy a home. You can help them manage a long-term rental. You can help them manage a short-term rental and you have all that knowledge all under one roof. I mean, it's pretty incredible uh, to be and able to have that. Them, like, if they need to pivot their portfolio a little bit as well, that happened a lot during the pandemic where, you know, I always say short-term rental versus long-term rental is risk. You know, your long-term rental is, and I think I messaged you about this on your yeah. Facebook post, long-term rental is definitely less risk. It's, a, you know, it's like stocks and shares kind of thing. How risk averse are you? Your long-term is a fixed income per month. You don't have uh, variables like you do in the short-term world. You know um, 
providing everything goes to plan, obviously, you know, you've got a 12 month lease, you're going to get X amount each month. Yes, you may have maintenance, etc. You don't have varying utilities because they're the tenants expenses, where short term is probably more profitable, but it's more risk, you know, you've got to mm -hmm. be able to book it, you don't know how much the AC bill is going to come in at each month, you don't know if the pool is going to need this, that, etc. So more, but I think overall, if you're able to do that risk, you've got the short term, which would be more profitable, long term is more steady. And so during the pandemic, we were able to pivot some of the short-term rental properties that needed the income more to a long-term lease. We put a 12-month in, you know, we kept them probably breaking even, maybe making a profit. Um, so we have that ability to flip-flop the homes as well if necessary. Yeah, that's and that's what's super cool because you can almost, depending on your, your client, you know who your client is, you eventually know their risk, you know, how, mm -hmm. how risk, their risk management may be and how risk averse they are. So you can know like, hey, I know they really do want to do short term, but because of the pandemic, you were able to shift it to where it's like, hey, we can stay afloat, we're profitable or little cash flow. And then now you know that things are starting to ramp back up. You could go back to that client and let them know, hey, we're here again. How do you, you know, how are you feeling? Right. And, and kind of shift it back over. That's yeah. really cool to be that verse. Yeah. And we're seeing people locking properties in now for short term in the future. So they're buying a home now, but they don't want to put the money into it because of the prices escalating so quickly. So they're buying it now, locking it in. They don't want to put the money into furnishing it ready for a short term rental. So they're saying, hey, you know, let's put a long term renter in for 12 months. They'll bring their own furniture. We'll do the theming, et cetera, in 12 months time down the road. But let's get some income for this first 12 months. So we're seeing that as well, whether, you know, buying now in order to lock the price in, but aren't ready for the short term jump yet. Yeah, that makes total sense, too. Do, do you do you guys do the staging as well? Like, or do you have a vendor that in place for staging? For the short-term rentals? Yeah. Yeah, we do staging as well. Look at that. You guys are, you're rocking it. Well, That's, it's it's okay, because there's some stuff that we can do. We outsource some of the stuff because it's fairly, some of it's fairly complicated. It needs very skilled people, but we do most of the staging in-house. Yeah, that's that's a tough part, you know, because uh, a lot of people don't understand what you said in the beginning, like trying to come up with a theme of some sort um, and it, not just make it like cookie cutter. Because I think in the event, every market is sick, uh, you know, sick. So I'm going to lose in the word cyclical. <laughs> so but, so uh, they're going to have a time where the Airbnb and short term rentals may not be the wave, right? Like it's it might be hot right now, but there could be a point where it's not and not people aren't as traveling as much or traveling to a specific location um, as much. And when that event happens, like you're going to need to be prepared for it. So uh, you, you, a lot of times I think those like kind of cookie cutter ones that are themed are going to be the ones that go away and people aren't going to book as much. And the ones that are themed have good social proof, have good ratings. Like those are going to be the ones that people stay going to and keeps you stronger when the market does have a downturn. Um, you know, so what are your thoughts on the overall market right now? I think that's one of my favorite questions to just kind of hear people's mindsets on. I know nobody's Nostradamus, nobody can predict things, but what are your thoughts on the overall health of the market where it's at based off of what you're seeing day to day? I think, um, I think Florida is, and always has been a bit of an anomaly, Central Florida anyway. Um, I do see nationally, I think we'll see a slight leveling. I don't, I mean, I hate, I don't want to eat my words in a few months time. I don't see any massive downturn. Um, but for Florida, I, I see still an upward trajectory. We have so many people moving here 
um, you know, it's become such a popular state. Um, I am interested on how it will pan out in a couple of years time. You know, if the whole work from home thing goes away and people do insist on them going back to the office, will there be a, an exodus as well? Who knows? Um, but I do think a lot of companies have realized that people can be uh, just as productive, if not even more productive and have more satisfied employees by having them work from home. So maybe that won't happen. But overall, I don't see Flor Central Florida as a unique um, area downturn anytime soon. Thankfully, we still have the demand. We're still multiple office situations. We're still, you know, massively over asking price on some properties. Um, you know, definitely competitive market. That's for sure. And just the infrastructure that's being put in place um, and the different types of people we're now attracting rather than 10 years ago when it was just your Disney families on vacation. That's not the Central Florida market anymore. That's just one uh, one tranche of it, really. Yeah, I'm no, gonna everything is changing. <laughs> yeah, she, she kind of crushed that. I, I I feel you on the like scared to eat your words because you just we just don't know what where we're heading or what we're going into. But I agree. I, I think I, I feel the same way. I think Florida's a market that is just gonna right now it's 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 sizzling. So um yeah, I, I, I think I can agree with that. Where the market may see some tapering in other markets, but Florida's so hot right now. I believe people feel safe here. I think that's one of the things that people come down here, they feel good. They know that they can have a good lifestyle with their families. And uh, yeah, so we're going to, as long as we, as long as people keep wanting to move here, we're in a really safe place. No, I couldn't agree more. Um, so, so I got to thank you for jumping on. It, it's been fun. Um, you know, I, I hope that we could do this again. Maybe you guys can be my first repeat guests that, to come on. I haven't had that yet. So maybe right here down the road, you guys can jump back on. We can jam out a little bit more, but I want to thank you so much for the time today. Um, and, and just for everything, you know, you guys have been great clients. You've become friends. Um, I'm looking forward to coming out there and having another lunch or another dinner with you guys very soon. So thank you so much right. for everything. You're welcome. Anytime. Awesome. Well, good to see you. And then we'll talk soon. Thank you. Take care. Take care.